Do you have all the mechanics to make your marketing campaigns work? Well, if not, find out how you can do that on today's show. Today, we got Mr. Drew Cameron in the house to talk about the inner workings of a marketing campaign. Today, we'll get into part one, and next week, we're going to finish up with part two. Now, if you like this content and you're a member, make sure to check out all the full marketing course on the EGIA Contract University website. Click Contractor Training and select the Marketing, Branding, and Lead Generation class. If you're not a member, then go ahead, sign up for the free trial at the top of this page, and you get access for 30 days for free, and you can take the full course absolutely no charge. What do you have to lose? All right, let's get to this content with Mr. Drew Cameron. Thank you, Weldon. I'm Drew Cameron back here in the EJA Contractor University studio live in Colorado Springs. And I want to bring to you today a conversation that picks up off of a previous conversation about marketing. In a previous video segment on Cracking the Code, we talked about uh, how to do some major campaigns. Specifically, we talked about you know, really getting aggressive here in the fourth quarter, and you can carry that over into Q1 as well, into the first quarter, or whenever you need to stimulate business in a major way, right? Because you gotta be real aggressive at certain times of the year, and so we'll talk about that a little bit more specifically as we get into this. But I get asked all the time, I understand you talk about doing these campaigns, but you know, what are the mechanics behind it? How do I make it work? Because if I just tell you about the campaign, you don't necessarily know how to make it work. So let's get you know, from the, go from the strategic, which is kind of the idea of the campaign, which I'll start with, and we'll break down the mechanics of actually how to do this campaign within your business. And then if you need some help and you got some questions about how to go about executing this, you can pick up the phone and call me or you can email me or text me, reach out and, and get some help. And, uh, I'm happy to support you and, and get you going and drive these opportunities into your business. Because here's the thing, if you're slow, your people are slow. And if you don't make money, all the money you made all year long basically starts to feed the business. Your business becomes a parasite on itself. It's feeding on itself, if you will. And, and you basically become a parasitic host to yourself. And you don't want to do that, right? You don't want to you know, work and make all your profits, let's say certain times of the year, maybe a lot of you it's during the summer, and then you know, for the rest of the year, you basically hold on for your dear life and you end up giving back the profits, if you will. That's no good. You need to make profits every month. So I want to put you in a good way, uh, in, a, in a good position, if you will, to be successful and profitable all year round, because you can and you should. Now we're gonna, for, uh, for purposes of time, we're gonna focus specifically on HVAC residential replacement solutions, all right? So let's take a look at the whiteboard here. Okay, we have what I call the mechanics of a major marketing campaign. Like I said, this is where you gotta be really aggressive. This is not where you're just giving you know, one thing away, or you're maybe offering special financing, or you're, maybe you're, you are or you're not tied in with a manufacturer's campaign. You know certain times of the year that your manufacturers will offer you uh, discounts on financing, or they have some internal rebates where you pick up a piece, uh, a piece of the action. And we'll certainly talk about that, how do you cover your financing costs as well as your rebate costs, all right? But I'm talking about where you may take advantage of leveraging that campaign. You don't necessarily have to, because you can do all of these campaigns with or without your manufacturer, you know, depending on when they allow you to do these things. Some of your manufacturers allow you to get creative and do campaigns year round. And I would invite you to consider if your manufacturer or vendor partner does not allow you to do that, I would uh, approach them and put together what I call a preferred partner program where we are partners in this and we work together 
based on what you want to do, not what the manufacturer or the vendor does with all their dealers all across the United States or you know, uh, in Canada or around the world, right? Because they basically try and give you one-size-fits-all marketing campaigns. And you know that doesn't work. What works for you in Florida is not going to work for me in Pennsylvania or, or, or in California for that matter, right? That's a conversation for another day. So let's get into some of the major campaigns that we're talking about, where you're going to be real aggressive to generate you know, uh, leads. You got to get, make the phone ring. We call that direct response marketing. Create opportunity when there is none in the market, right? At any given point in time, there's only about 2% of the customers in your market that you serve that are in the market for your products and services. And so if we're all going after the same fish, we got a lot of competition, okay? I don't want to be in a pond fishing for the same fish that everybody in my marketplace is fishing for. Yeah, I got somebody over there fishing, that's fine, but I'm gonna go ahead and create another pond where everybody else is not, because I created the market, if you will, and I'm the only one over there fishing. Odds are I win more often than not. Not everybody who will come over into this pond is gonna bite on my bait, and maybe somebody does wander over, one or two stragglers wanders over, or, or the fish seeks to be into the other pond as well. That does happen. But more often than not, when you create the pond, you're the only game in town because the, they came to the market. They weren't even in the market. It was your promotion that brought them into the market. So you created the market. And you can do that with a 50% off a furnace or AC. And again, I'm going to get into the mechanics of how you do any one of these campaigns here in a moment. You can do 50% off a furnace or an air conditioner at any given point in time of the year. You can also do a free furnace with the purchase of air conditioning. Now, in this case, sometimes they pay a small fee to pick up the installation of the furnace, but because they're buying your air conditioner at a regular price, you're giving them the furnace itself for free. They're going to pay for the labor and materials to install the furnace with the purchase of air conditioning, of course, with installation. Right? Same thing up here, right? You might be giving 50% off, but of course, it's 50% off of your regular price, not your complete system price. Right? Employee pricing, you hear this with the car, car dealers all, uh, nowadays, car manufacturers and car dealers. They have employee price or uh, employee pricing. You, get the same, you pay the price that we pay, right? Again, don't get, you know, don't get hung up on the mechanics of it. We'll talk about how to do the mechanics and mathematics behind that here in a moment. At cost, that's one of my favorite. I wrote a very aggressive campaign uh, years ago that a lot of my contractors have been using, many of them for, for 12, 15 years now. Uh, year after year after year. That's the cool thing about these promotions. And you, you can run them year after year after year. You will get tired of your marketing ever before the marketplace and your customers do. In fact, you will market to your customers as well to do this. Um, rebates, where you're giving money back to the customer after the sale. You could do what I call an Insta, where you're giving them an instant rebate off of the book price that you have. Gift card, where you maybe offer them a, a Visa gift card, a rebate after the job is done, right? Gary likes that. You may have uh, heard him talk about on a video somewhere his Sweet 16 campaign, and he gives him a $1,000 Visa gift card. So I'll walk you through the mechanics of how you can do that. I like to offer trade-in allowances or recycled appliance credits, right, where we're basically buying back your old thing at some level. If you buy a higher solution, I'll give you a bigger uh, trade-in allowance, if you will, on that, or recycled uh, appliance credit. You may call those discounts. I don't like to dis call them discounts. Every other market, every other product, every other service on the planet offers that. Okay? Words have meaning, words have power, and how you position it is going to be how a customer receives it. And so I want to go ahead and buy back their old thing and recycle it and, and, and go ahead and get rid of the scrap. 
we'll buy it back and use it for training purposes, if you will, instead of just giving you a discount. Because a discount just seems arbitrary. It's like you inflated the price to discount the price. This is tied into something tangible, if you will, all right? Um, instas are actually, again, instant rebate. Again, you may, again, just words. It may still feel like a discount to a customer. Manufacturers, they do rebates, and again, you pick up the cost of that, uh, or at least a percentage of that. You could also do a free water, uh, water heater with the purchase of a, uh, a system, meaning you buy the system, you get the water heater for free. And then there's other free things. A lot of you do, obviously, free air cleaners, free humidifiers, free UV lights. Some of you get into offering other services, if you will, and, and should you do that? I would, I'm not saying don't do it, but my concern is, is if the other service comes from another department and brings out other labor, you have no revenue for that department. And so, in essence, you've either got a, uh, a hard cost over in that department uh, with no revenue, or uh, you've, you basically are, are having the same people in the same department would be good, but other people in another department is no good, right? Because I've got, I've got hard costs, direct costs, and overhead, but no revenue to offset them. That's why offering like a free humidifier or a free air cleaner with the same installation crew, okay, that just lowers profit a little bit, right? And not dollar for dollar per se, right? So an $800, let's say, air cleaner, if you will, or UV light, maybe has a hard cost to me of like 250 bucks in the materials, maybe an extra 30 minutes in labor. It's also not gonna push the job into another day worth of labor and another day's worth of overtime. But it all stays within the one vertical, the one department. And if you've listened to our friend Gary Ellix, obviously talk about departmentalization and all you know, costs have to follow revenue and, and making sure that we are, are, are profitable. We wanna make sure that that's exactly what we do. So I, I don't like to go into services in other departments. I don't like to give away maintenance. I build the maintenance into the cost of the job, sure. But I don't like to give away duct cleaning, for example, right? Because now I've got a duct cleaning crew that's gotta come out, unless your installers are the ones who do the duct cleaning, right? So extended warranties, third-party warranties, sometimes you gotta buy them, sometimes you can uh, self-fund internally. You don't have to have any costs. What's your exposure if your team does a great job? I could give you a 10-year parts and labor uh, agreement in my company on a, on a system that my, my company installed back in the day, John H. Cameron and Sons, and, and the state didn't require me to buy a third-party warranty. And I didn't have to worry about it because we looked at our exposure over time. We did such a great job designing the systems that they never failed. We didn't have warranty calls. So we stopped buying third-party warranties. We also stopped buying them because two of the third-party warranty insurers went out of business and went bankrupt and stiffed us. So we, we said, well, listen, we can, we can self-fund that. We can put that into a, a savings account if we need to. Now, some of you have to buy third-party warranties or self-insure or do something like that. That's a different conversation. Maintenance, I already talked about that. You can include maintenance, obviously, for a portion of the time. Some of you are including 10 years parts of labor and 10 years of maintenance. Uh, others of you, uh, I have a couple clients that work with 10 years parts of labor uh, being self-funded by the company, and then the maintenance is something where I'll give you 10 years of what maintenance at today's price. We include the first two years with this system, and then as long as there's no interruption in the agreement, I will lock in today's price for years three through 10. And that's a neat little thing that you can do there. And then lastly, these don't necessarily have a tangible cost per se, unless you have to you know, go honor one of them, but you have some pledges and promises and other guarantees that you can do. I call those peace of mind protections. Those are your comfort and temperature and performance guarantees, your mo un, uh, money back guarantee, your no lemons warranty, 
or no lemons guarantee, those types of things. Property protection guarantees, where you basically give me the peace of mind protections that reduces the risk in my mind, because that's what I want. I want the least amount of risk on me. So let's talk about those. So those are basically an overview of the campaigns that we could do. Let's talk about the mechanics behind it. What do you need to do as a contractor to make this happen, to bring this opportunity to life to fuel your business? So first off, decide what campaign you want to do. You know, which one of the ones that you want to do? And you might do think about having a couple of these that you have in mind, and you do them at different times of the year. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. And then determine what is going to be the promotional offer. Meaning, I have a seven level price book. And when I do these campaigns, I don't offer the promotion on all seven levels. It's usually on the upper end solutions. Meaning, we all know that, customers know that, the manufacturer knows that. There's more margin in the higher end product. Meaning dollars, not necessarily percentage, but dollars. And so I can go ahead and put together a promotion where I've got a little bit more room to play with, right? And so if you're willing to work with us and help us stay busy at a time in which we're normally slow, I'm willing to give you a better deal on a better solution. I mean, your entry-level offers are usually pretty uh, aggressively priced already just to get you in the door and get you any kind of opportunities. And like I say, there's no margin in it for you, let alone the manufacturer, because we need a partner in this game. And I'll explain that in a moment, minute. So then I gotta look at the math. I gotta take a look at the pricing. What do I pay for the products and services that I wanna offer in the campaign? So you might think about doing a furnace with a coil, with an air conditioner, with the line set in the pad, and the disc connecting the thermostat, and all the labor and materials, all of that. And I might say I wanna go middle of the road up in my price book. So I have, let's say, seven solutions. Maybe I'm gonna offer this only on the top four. I may offer you some other thing if you decide to jump down into the bottom three, but it's not going to be the campaign that I market to you, which I'll talk about in a minute, all right? But I'm gonna go ahead and figure out what the math is, right? And what my needs are to make the campaign happen. You know, do I wanna do the free furnace? Am I doing the 50% off? Am I buy, doing the buy one, get one? The free air cleaner, so forth and so on. Where, where does the math need to be for me to at least make some money? Yes, we are reducing our profit. You cannot, it's against the law, to raise your price right before a campaign and then lower that price. State's Attorney General will come after you, been there, done that, got, got past it because we were not unethical until we sold our business to the utility and then the utility company did exactly what I'm telling you not to do and they got splashed across the front page of the news journal in Wilmington, Delaware for violating uh, consumer, uh, you know, consumer protection laws, which is they inflated their price in order to go and do the promotion. You cannot do that because the state's attorney general is going to say, show me sales agreements where you sold it at your book price prior to the discount because you have to be able to prove that if you get called to the carpet, right? So the math has to work, but we will make less money because I'd rather make, let's say, 10% of a sale, okay, than 20% of nothing. I mean, if I don't do the marketing and I don't make any sales and my price book is set up for 20% net profit, 20% of nothing is nothing. 10% of something is better, right? And that's all we want to do. We need to cover our bills, pay the overhead, cover our bills, make a little bit of money so we stay healthy year-round. I don't want to give back everything I earned all summer long. Awesome content there from Drew, as always. Once again, if you're not a member, go ahead and sign up for a free trial at the top of this page. You get access for 30 days for free, and you can take the entire marketing course absolutely no charge. We'll see you next week to wrap up the conversation. Until then, my friends, bye-bye for now.